Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's go to the book of Luke, since that's where our reading is. Praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and hang out there a little bit. Hallelujah. I've got a couple places I want to go today. But we're going to read something we read last week, and then I'm going to kind of uh, I'm going to touch on a few things the same and then move into what we have for you today. So the book of Luke, chapter 6, please. Luke and 6. Praise the Lord. Did you come to receive today? Look at your neighbor and say, I came to receive and I'm going to get it. All right. We're going to read what we read last week, and uh, we'll talk a couple things, maybe remind you of a couple things, and then we're going to spin off that for what we got for you today. Verse 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord? And that word Lord, uh, it uh, means supreme one, it means master or supreme in authority. In other words, why are you calling me supreme? Why are you calling me master? Why are you calling me Lord? And then have a casual approach to what I'm saying to you. Amen. Now, if he's your Lord, then we should probably give heed to it. What do you think? That was weak. <clears throat> Come on now. If, if he's Lord and he's talking to you, we, might, we should give heed to it. Amen, right? Amen. If he is Lord, then let's, let's, let's give him heed, praise God. Now, I've just, you know, for whatever, I'm just going to toss this out here. I don't know. It's, you know, it's probably a good place as any, but uh, a lot of people have made him Savior. You know, uh, you know, one time the boys are, uh, the posse's walking with Jesus down the road and, and, uh, you know, they're talking about things, and, and he, he brings up, he says, uh, hey, uh, what's, what's the rumors out there? What's the talk out there? What's everybody saying about me? Well, you know, they started all kind of throwing answers at him. You know, well, some say you're, you know, a, a prophet of God. Some say you're even reincarnate. One of the prophets reincarnated, you know, some are even saying. And some, you know, you're a healer. You're a good man. You're a prophet. You're this. You're that. And then he stopped. He said, well, okay, uh, um, but... What do you say? Who am I to you? And of course, Peter pipes up because he always does. And uh, he piped up, and this time he got it right. And he says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And woo, he got the pat on the back. He got the yay, Jesus kind of thing. And uh, so he did the right thing there. But, you know, it always comes down to that. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? See, a lot of people see Him as, as Savior, and uh, they're grateful, and you should be, right? You should be, amen, because it's nice to be, uh, you know, uh, to not be hell-bound. It's good to be heaven-bound, amen, and not hell-bound. So it's good to uh, know Him as Savior, but how many know He's more than just Savior? He's also Lord, amen, He's supreme, amen. He knows what he's talking about. And so when he begins to talk to you about things, amen, we need to give heed to it. Not take a casual approach to what he's saying. Don't just look at it like some, you know, friendly suggestion. But see it as something that, that's necessary. Still with me? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's going to be like the man that's building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Everybody say a solid foundation. Hallelujah. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. Look at your neighbor and say it's good to be founded on the rock. But he who heard 
and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now a lot of different things we brought out last week. We talked about brick and mortar. We talked about putting that foundation and really every time you make a decision to follow God, whatever He's talking to you about, amen, it's like putting another brick in the foundation, amen. We found, uh, we looked at verse 47 a little bit. We said, uh, whoever comes to him and hears and does. There's three key things, right? Come to him, draw near to him, right? Come on, you got to connect with him. You got to be intimate with him. You got to hear what he has to say, and you got to be willing to do what he says. Amen? Now, with that said, we're shifting gears. We're going to Matthew's account. Let's go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. And we're going to pick it up from there. Matthew 7. All right, Matthew 7. Hallelujah. Verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Look at your name and say, it's good to be wise. Hallelujah. Liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Why? Because it was what? Founded on the rock. But whoever, or, who, or pardon me, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Look at your neighbor and say, not a fool. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Whoever will not do this will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, there's several things that we find out uh, with these texts, okay, both in Luke's account and Matthew's account, okay? Both, both individuals talked here, heard. They both knew what they were supposed to be doing. Anybody hearing me? Both heard, okay? Both parties here heard, okay? They either had an inward knowing or whatever. They actually heard with their own ears, whatever, but they had, a, they had a knowing. They both heard, so there's no excuse, all right? Both built a house, okay? Both were doing something, you know, working with their hands, being busy about doing stuff, amen? Maybe both even had the same opportunity sitting in front of them, whatever, but they both built a house, we see in this story that both had a storm. Both parties had a storm they had to deal with. The rains descended, the floods uh, arose, and then began to beat on that house. Both houses were hit by the storm. Are we in agreement? All right, both parties, okay? The difference is one did what he was asked to do, one did not. That was the only difference. One did 
and one did not. The one that did then says that they had a foundation. They were founded on the rock. The one that did not do what they were asked to do just built their house on the sand. So the difference is still one did, one did not. Are we in agreement? All right. So one did, one did not. So one's founded, one is not. All right? The other thing we find out is one house stood and one house fell. Both had a different result because one heard and did and the other one heard and did not. So as a result, the same, probably in all honesty, the same storm blew, the rains descended, the floods came, and we got one house going downstream and the other one is founded on the rock. Are you still with me? Now, last week we really hammered on the everyday things that God's talking to you about. You know, when we start talking about uh, doing what He asks of you, a lot of times we'll, we'll immediately go to this and say, you got to live this Bible. Well, um, that's accurate. Uh, we should live this, the B-I-B-L-E, right? Come on. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what we should do. Amen. Come on. But is there anybody in here that knows the whole Bible? You know, I've been at this for over 30 years. i got brothers in the house that have been after uh, doing this even longer than I have. And ain't none of us got it all down yet. Are you with me? So he's not asking you to walk this whole thing right now. What he's asking is just certain things. He may be talking to you right now about your words. He may be talking to you right now about your actions. He may be talking to you right now about your attitude. He may be talking to you uh, about health things, financial things, marriage things. Are you still with me? He may be talking to you about what you give your attention to and what you're thinking about and meditating on. See, there are things that God's talking to us about every day. And I know that to be true because even the youngest in the, in the things of God will a lot of times make comments. They'll say, you know, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but. Or I know I shouldn't say this, but. Because on the inside, you know. You already know. I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be thinking that way. I shouldn't have this kind of attitude. I actually should forgive. I actually should be merciful. I actually, I should, I should just stop being critical of whatever it is I'm critical of. See, just every little thing that God talks to you about puts another brick in the foundation. And the idea is that one day we get to the end of this thing and whenever a storm tries to roll in, we're sitting firm, praise God, founded on the rock. Why? Because we're used to hearing and doing. Still with me? All right. Let's back up here a little bit in this text. And we're going to look at verse 21 is where we're going to uh, jump on this thing. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came. Hallelujah. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, a lot of times you get to reading this and you speed read this, we start thinking about, um, you know, somebody not going to heaven. Maybe they miss out on, on uh, going to heaven. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that's not what he's talking about. 
talking about everyday living. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, the word kingdom means rule, reign, or realm. Um, it's uh, the Greek word, basilia, okay, is the word. And it just, it means really a place of, of ruling, a place of royal, uh, you know, ruling as royalty. It talks about when you get into that word, it also deals with, uh, you know, knowing how to overcome and, and to resist. When you rule as royalty, amen, hallelujah, things work better. Did you know you're a child of God? Now, I don't know if you know this, but he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's try that one more time. I don't know if you know this, but he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're a part of a royal family. And you're royal. You have your royalty. Amen. So he's talking about people here that not receiving who they are and what they have available to them. The word heaven here uh, <clears throat> is orinos. Okay, O-U-R-A-N-O-S. I might have mispronounced that one, but you try. Anyway, but it means place of eternal power. It talks of timeless, endless, limitless. Amen. So it's talking about as a ruler realm or reign of limitless resources. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into this place of limitless resource. Now, hang on. Do you know that everything is available unto you? Well, who's, it, who's, who's going to enter into it then? Well, the people that do His will. So what's He talking about? Well, when God begins to lead you, all of a sudden you position yourself for the kingdom of heaven, a rule, reign, or realm. Are you still with me? Verse 22 says this, Many will say to me in that day, does anybody know what day this is? I'm talking about in the verse. You may know what day this is. What's he talking about? Many will say to me in that day. Now, a lot of folks are believing that's talking about maybe the day of, uh, you know, where they're standing before the judgment seat. Okay? And the word uh, day, uh, the Greek word itself just means it's, it's herma, uh, hermera. That's it, hermera, I think is what it's, how it's pronounced. But it just means a day, a time frame, okay, which makes sense. So it could be, could be from sun up to sundown, okay? But it tells you when, you, when you look up this word, it says the day that's in reference. So what's in reference in this text? A storm. See, a lot of people wait till the storm hits, and they begin to cry out, Lord, Lord. Are you hearing me? In that day. See, many are going to say to me in that day, see, the day of turbulence, the day of the storm, the day of pressure. They're going to say, hey, Lord, Lord, you know, did we not, you know, did we not, everybody say we, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not, you know, cast out demons in your name? Did many wonders in your name? Hey, we even had a VBS. We have CR. 
And we, we did a rodeo Bible camp. And we do all kinds of things. Lord, we do all kinds of great things. Yeah, well, yeah, we did a lot of different things, but ye are doing nothing. Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, who's them? Well, the one talking, saying, Lord, Lord, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I will declare I never knew you. Well, Lord, I, I, go to, I go to the first church. We do all kinds of great things. He said, yeah, that's great. But I never knew you. The word here, genosko, uh, is the word know. And uh, it means a knowing of or an understanding of, but it, it breaks down to an intimate connection with. I have no connection with you. You don't spend any time with me. You don't follow me. I don't know you. I have no connection with you. I try to lead you. You won't follow. Now, do you have an ear to hear today? Okay. Many times in our storm, and we've all had them, We've all been around. Sometimes God leads you around it. Sometimes God will deliver you from it. There's no doubt about it. But no matter how you, how you cut it, we've all been through storm. We've all dealt with things. We've all had things happen in our homes, households, health, finance, marriages. We can go on and on and on of all the different storms that have come through. Anybody hear me? Now, during these storms, one of, the, one of the deceptions that happens in the midst of a storm is we have a tendency to think God has looked the other way. Sometimes when you're in the middle of a storm, that's what it feels like. You feel like somehow God has turned His back on me. Somehow God has looked the other way. But I'm here to tell you, God ain't looked the other way. We look the other way. God hasn't turned His back on us. We turned our back on Him. Are you with me? See, what happens is when we don't follow every time He leads, then all of a sudden, you see, we're, we're, we're setting a standard. Now, hang on. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So I got to looking at this. I say, Lord, you know, I mean, I know you're merciful and loving. And, and then you're saying, man, you know, get out of here. I mean, it just doesn't even sound like you. I mean, you know, you're so, you're so loving and so merciful, and, and he is. So I had to say, you know what, I got I to gotta dive into this, and I got I to gotta find out here. You gotta, sometimes, you know, you just got to kind of just be a student. You know what I mean? Because somehow it does, something ain't gelling. I never knew you. And then he says, depart from me. Well, the word depart, now you okay with my giving you some definitions? Because I think it's how it opens up and how you figure out what he's saying. 
The word depart is actually made up of two Greek words, apotorio, okay? So apo, A-P-O, which just means off or away from, okay? Torio, okay, it means a place to receive or a place of receiving, okay? So what he says, because we're not connected, you're not in a place of receiving. See, in all honesty, it's not God saying, get out of here. He said, I can't even do nothing with you because you've disconnected. You're not, you're not in a position to receive anything. No matter how much I try to lead you, you're, you're too, you have, here we go, you have practiced lawlessness. I put a couple verses, uh, I don't know if, uh, I thought I gave them back here, Kathy, but uh, one of them's in 1 John uh, chapter 3 and verse 4, and it says that, that sin is lawlessness. Okay, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Okay, so we start getting the definition of this word lawlessness. Okay, lawlessness. So the Bible defines it as sin, okay, but we got to define sin then. So, um, so in James 4, verse 17, it starts defining what sin is. Okay, here's what sin is. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. Sin, sin is not doing something you didn't know. Sin is, you know, not doing something you know to do. See, not every mistake is sin. Not every mistake is lawless. But sin is definitely a mistake. Is anybody hearing me? Now, let's go back to that, that verse there in Matthew again. So, verse 23 of chapter 7. Put that up on the board. I will declare to them, I never knew you. I, there was no connection with you. There was no intimacy with you. You didn't, you didn't connect with me. You wouldn't follow when I try to lead you. So now you're in a place separated from receiving. And he defines who that is. You who practice not doing what you know to do. You just practice not doing when I, when I lead you and, guide, and talk to you about things and you just ignore it, you give no place, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and not do the things I've asked of you? You know, I think so many times we, we overcomplicate everything. We look at something like this text and we think that's talking about someday in the sweet by and by. No, you, don't, you ain't going to go to heaven and have some storm. There's no storms in heaven. For whatever it's worth, the devil isn't welcome there anymore. So you got no enemies, no demons, no devil. Come on, somebody. There's no going to be any storms in heaven. We have storms here. And we need all the help we can get right here. So God is the whole time trying to lead us, guide us, and direct us. The whole time God has said, let's dig down deep. Let's put a foundation. So he begins to say, um, go ye. Well, I don't want to ye. Go ye. No. What are you practicing? 
lawlessness. You know, you know, the word says a wise man will do what he asks, a fool won't. Now, just, just, just whatever. I think, you know, this amuse, you know, amuse me here, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, Psalms 14, uh, verse 1, uh, Psalms 53, verse 1 says this. Okay, most of us know the verse. It says this, that uh, a fool will say in his heart, there is no God. Well, in the Hebrew, that's not what it says. In the Hebrew, it says this, a fool says in his heart, no, God. No. Guard your words. No, I don't feel like it. Change your attitude. No, I don't feel like it. You know, go to the house of God. No. I don't want to. Praise me. No. I don't feel like it. What are you doing? Practicing lawlessness. So you're practicing it. Now, you know, I'm going to kind of get ahead of myself, but there's an old saying that says, practice makes perfect. Vince Lombardi says, no, not just any practice will make you perfect. He says, perfect practice makes you perfect. In other words, what you practice will determine what will manifest. And so this is what he's talking about. The problem is we practice lawlessness. See, we try to make this like lawlessness like, you know, that must be some devil worshiper. No, it's a Jesus worshiper he's talking to. Is anybody hearing me? That won't do what Jesus leads them to do. Listen, when God starts talking to you about what you give your attention to, what do you think he's doing? Now, come on. Remember now, the storm's coming. Storms are brewing. So he's trying to do is he's, listen, we need, we need a foundation. We need to get you down, get you founded on the rock. If you don't get founded on the rock, as soon as that wind blows, here it comes. And now all of a sudden, here comes the pressure. Here comes the day of turbulence. Here comes the day of, 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 of the storm. Here comes the day of pressure. And all of a sudden, we're crying out, Lord, 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 Lord. Hey, remember me, Lord, 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 look. Lord, hey, remember me. I go to that church, remember? I helped out with VBS. Now, there's nothing wrong, and please don't walk out saying, gee, I knew I shouldn't have helped in VBS. <laughs> well, some people, you know, read this text, and they think, well, see, prophesying and casting out devils, that ain't of God. No, anyway, he's saying, he said, listen, you could, be, you could be going to the right church. You could be hearing the right message. You could be a part of all the right things. And he said, but I never knew you because you weren't a part of it. You didn't apply yourself. Every time I talked to you about any of it, you wouldn't do none of it. And now all of a sudden you've been separated because you've turned your back on me. You've turned away from everything I'm trying to work you towards. Why? Because a storm is coming. And all of a sudden, now you're in the midst of a storm wanting everything to change. Most of the time what happens when we get in a storm, 
Everybody wants a miracle. Am I right? And don't get me wrong. If you need a miracle, let's believe for one. But the problem with that, see, is we're not used to following because we've been practicing something else. See, whatever you practice is what you get good at. And you're not going to show up on game day, come on somebody, thinking you're going to be great when you don't practice any of the principles. So what happens is now you're, you know, getting mowed over and it ain't fun. Now, nobody wants to hear this message. Nobody does. I know you don't. I'm sitting up here thinking to myself, I should have probably just came in here myself today, preached it, and gave you all a message and sent it home with you. Because I can tell by your faces and by everything else, I wish I wouldn't have came today. <laughs> but we need to hear this because storms are brewing, okay? Now, there are times, there's no doubt about it, there are times the Spirit of God will steer you clear of a storm. Praise the Lord. But if you're practicing lawlessness, when God tries to lead you around a storm, you ain't going to give heed to it because you're practicing something else. So all of a sudden now you're going to be in tune? Not so. So there's two things that the Spirit of God wants me to bring out today. Number one, practice makes perfect. Isn't that great? Amen. Now, the word practice means frequent use or customary action or a succession of similar acts, okay? All right. Now, the reason that uh, practice makes perfect is because practice creates habits. The reason you keep practicing is because it's about impulse, right? Come on. Or what's the other word he... He, uh, instinct, impulse or instinct. You practice something enough, it comes by impulse or instinct. It creates a habit. So if you have a habit of following God, then when any storm rolls down the street, you're able to, because you got a habit of following God. But if you got a habit of doing what you shouldn't be doing or a habit of not doing what you should be doing. Come on, somebody. What happens is here comes a storm, and all you know to do is follow your habit. Now, someday you will thank me for this message. See, when we're in a habit of not doing when he talks to us, like whatever he's, then what happens is we separate ourselves from a place of receiving. So now all of a sudden, here's the storm. I want, I want, I want to get a breakthrough from the storm. I want to get steer around the storm. God, give me a miracle. Problem is, we're not founded. So there's a good chance when the winds blow and the wind, the rain comes and the floods, you know, rise. All of a sudden, it's beating on your house. Next thing you know, your house is going down the stream. And uh, what happens in those moments is we, we're praying for a miracle. Lord, just pick up my house, let the waters go by, put me back down. I get it. We all, we've all been there. Right? We've all been there. 
We're not condemning anybody. It's just we've all been there. But I found it actually works better when you practice following him. So when he says, Jerry, change your attitude. <sighs> yes, sir. I can do that. But, but uh, release it. Jerry, um, you're talking death and the curse. Start speaking life. You're right, sir. You're right. I apologize. Now, nobody likes to apologize. Nobody. But I do it because I don't like to have to do it. Does that make sense? So I apologize when I cross those lines because I don't want to have to keep doing that. So I know in my heart, okay, yes, sir. I apologize, sir. Or if he makes it, me get right with something else or somebody else or whatever, because if I keep doing that, then it's like, it's like, all right, I want to follow God and not have to repent later. Right? Listen, listen, listen. If you draw on grace on a daily basis, you don't have to use much mercy. But when you never draw on grace and you do everything out there and you're kind of floundering around, and, then what happens is you're constantly having to draw on mercy, 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 mercy. But the problem with that, if also all you ever live on is mercy, one day the storm rolls in. And we have no foundation. We're not, we haven't dug deep. We're not founded on any rock. And so the house rolls down the stream. And I brought this out last week. And, you know, I, I've seen a many of floods. I've seen things. I've watched things on TV. And you see, they'll, they'll show the house going down. There's a gully washer and... Or maybe a dam broke up, and all of a sudden, here's houses going down. A tsunami rolls in. Houses rolling back out to sea. Nobody, nobody stops and goes, oh, that is a beautiful entrance on that house. Look at the gorgeous blinds and, 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 and drapes in that house. Oh, look at the roof work on that house. Nobody's thinking that. All they're thinking is that, Bummer. There's somebody's house going downstream. Now, nobody wants to live that. Not you, not me, not anybody. But if we're never going to practice doing what he talks to you about, then you're building on the sand, and it is inevitable. it will end up going downstream. Are you with me? Let's, let's now hang on, stay connected with me because I want to get this out today so we don't have to do it again next week. All right. All right. Now, 
So the first thing he brought up to me was this. Practice makes perfect. See, if we're not practicing following him on the clear day, you ain't going to follow him on the stormy day. See, he may be trying to lead you even then, but you've too busy. You've got a habit of not listening or a habit of not following. This is for everybody because you could be saved two days and already know, you know what? I probably shouldn't be thinking that. I probably shouldn't go there. I probably shouldn't say that. You don't even have to have great revelation. Now, the more revelation you gain, more things you're accountable for. Now, some of you might hear that and say, great, I ain't learning nothing. <laughs> no, because you're accountable for what you learn or don't learn. So you might as well get, gain all the, glean all you can, amen, and learn some things. But the bottom line is, okay, if we're not in a habit of following Him in the clear days, you're probably not going to do it on the stormy day. Now, so the first part, okay, practice makes perfect. What are you practicing? Look at your name and say, what are you practicing? Okay, are you following God or not following God? That's, up, that's between you and Him. Now, <clears throat> look at your name and say, no condemnation. Hallelujah. Now, here's the next one. This, you might think this has nothing to do with it, but it does. I mean, at first when He told me, I thought, what? I kind of wrote it down. Okay, here we go. All right, here's the second part. All right. Panic is a killer. Panic is a killer. What the heck does that have to do with this? Because we panic when storms hit. More lives lost due to panic. But if we all stay in an orderly fashion, move here, move down the hallway, get to the thing, go to the elevator, some of you go down the stairs, ah, no, no, I got to say it, no, ah! Right? Somebody gets out there in the water. Okay, I've been there in the water, and my foot got caught in the river and sucked me under. And the whole time I'm thinking, this ain't good, this ain't good, this ain't good, this ain't good. And all I knew in my heart was, relax. So I relaxed, and my foot pulled loose, back up to the top, okay, more lives lost due to panic, okay, due to panic, more marriages lost due to panic, more opportunities lost due to panic. More breakthroughs lost due to panic. Let's define panic. That'd probably be a good thing to do. Panic means a sudden overwhelming fear. A sudden overwhelming fear. It's always based out of fear. 
a sudden overwhelming fear, with or without cause. Some people panic when there ain't no reason to panic. With or without cause. A sudden overwhelming fear, with or without cause. Here we go. That produces, this is why the Spirit of God put it in my heart, that produces hysterical or irrational behavior that often spreads quickly through a group of persons or animals. We even know that to be true. That's, you know, here come the, here come the predator. <laughs> what are we going to do? Let's get them all freaked out. Yeah, freak them out. <laughs> they just wait for one of them to do something stupid. <clears throat> Lunch. I know. It's, you know, but anyway, right? It's no different. Here comes, <laughs> and we all run. And then we just wait. Hmm, easy pickings. But if you got a foundation, you more have to sit in the house and go, shut up, devil. Because you're used to practicing following him. And in most cases, in those situations, all of a sudden he says, don't be alarmed. This thing's going to pass you by. Yes, sir. You don't have to panic. Look at your neighbor and say, no panic here. Now get this. I thought this was interesting. Okay. So let me say it again. A sudden overwhelming fear with or without cause that produces hysterical or rational behavior that often spreads quickly through a group of persons or animals suddenly, here we go, here it is, suddenly destroying the self-control and impelling to some frantic action. So when panic hits, self-control goes out the window. And all of a sudden there's an action that manifests or that we, we, we do that usually ends up hanging us. Now you think, well, why does this have to do with anything? Because the storm... And if we're practicing something else, first off, you're probably not going to hear anything because you're not used to listening and following. So you got a, you got a habit of not listening anyway or not, not giving heed to what you hear. Secondly, he's going to try to lead you somewhere or another to do something and you're not going to give any, any attention to it. Thirdly, you're probably panicking because nobody likes the storm when it feels like your house is starting to lift off the ground. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that feeling. Nobody says, whoa, what a rush. It's like the, you know, it's like, you know, X Games or something. Whoa! Nobody's thinking that. People do crazy things. People do crazy things when, when all of a sudden, when fear grips them and they don't know what to do. The Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus on the, on the mount brings a couple of the boys with him. And all of a sudden, he transfigures right in front of them. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah manifest next to him. And they're, they're carrying on a conversation. And the boys are looking at each other, kind of halfway freaked out, going, Whoa. 
you seeing this? Am I, am I seeing this? You're, are you seeing it? I'm seeing this. Are you, I'm seeing this. He goes, hey, Lord. Let's, uh, you know, it's a good thing we're here because, uh, um, you know, we could build a temple, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And God butts in and goes, shut up. <laughs> Read the book. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In other words, shut your mouth. Well, people do things when... Right? The boats. Water's coming in. Wake Jesus up. Hey, Jesus, don't you care? Look, we're all dying here. God, don't you care? Really, Peter? But we do things. We say things when we get in those modes. Because that's what happens. Self-control goes out the window. And some irrational behavior takes its place. So when we practice lawlessness, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that our home's going to be going downstream. We're not going to give heed to anything he tries to lead. We're panicking. You know, um, yeah, why not? I'll go there. Um, put uh, Deuteronomy 11. I think I might have gave you that. I don't know if I was going to go there, but I think I'll go there. Deuteronomy 11, verse uh, 21 and 22. It just says this, that the days, that your days and the days of your children, now he's talking to them about following him. Okay, and if you want, he's talking about being blessed and staying blessed, right? Uh, that the days of your children may be multiplied in the land to which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. He says this, like the, what? Days of the heavens above the earth, or literally means upon the earth, okay? So, like days, like heaven on earth, okay, verse 22. But how is it? Well, if you give heed, if you carefully keep. Now, the word commandment means utterances, so the things I talked to you about. Okay, Hebrews brings it out clearly when he, you know, when he uh, says this. He says, today, if you will hear my voice, right? So things that he's talking about today. If you will give heed, see, if you'll care to keep the things I command to you and love God, walk with Him, right, and hold fast to it, praise God. So in other words, you do that. Now, the point being is this. If you do that, days like heaven and earth will manifest for you. Now, we know that to be true because Jesus said this in the model prayer. He says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, follow me. Days like heaven on earth. Now, common text. Okay, we've used it many times in this, uh, from this pulpit. Put Proverbs 14 up there. <clears throat> There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Okay, ruin, the word death, ruin, destruction. It literally means the place of Hades. So in other words, if you just do what seems right all the time, somewhere on the line you're going to end up with days like hell on earth. Now, I just brought this out. I thought this would be worthy of bringing up because we're talking about this thing called panic. Because when panic hits, 
you're going to do something that at that moment is going to seem right, but it ain't right. Now, what do you want for your household? Days like heaven on earth or days like hell on earth? Okay, now again, we're not denying the fact that storms, they can roll through. And there are times God will lead you and guide you, direct you around them things. Sometimes God will just show you, amen, he'll just say, just stay put, stay okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to roll right past you. But either way, amen, all of heaven's resources, the kingdom of heaven, amen, is at hand. Come on, somebody. Is there to manifest on your behalf because you're used to practicing following. Now, like I said, this verse here can be used at any time, but I'm telling you what, when anybody's panicking, whatever seems right at that time probably isn't. Is anybody, can anybody relate? Has anybody panicked before? Okay, all four of you. Wow. Um, has anybody ever panicked? Did things seem different at that moment than what they really were? I mean, we're not denying there might be something you're up against. We're not denying that. But I have found that panic makes you start thinking completely different. So then we do things that are off, and all of a sudden all we've done now is just made things worse. So during the storm, it pays to be a person who's practicing following. So... Let's go back to the following real quick before I let you go. All right. It's never the big things. It's always the little things. Always. Why are you saying that? Well, it's true. Spirit of God might say, is it? Well, I, I assume that. So you assume that's true. So why are you saying it? Has anybody ever had God talk to him about that? Am I the only one? I know I'm not the only one. So you're saying something that you have no idea it's true. Spirit of God might say, stay out of it. I've seen more problems in the house of God, in families, on and on it goes, because everybody pokes their nose in everybody's business. Spirit of God, I guarantee you, somewhere along the line was saying, hey, stop it. Or hey, don't go there. Or hey, don't, don't do that or say that. Or, hey, don't give heed to that. Or, hey, don't chew on that. Or, hey, don't meditate on that. How many times God ever talked to anybody about that? So it's always little things. Well, you know, come on, that's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask to tell you to not think on that anymore? That's not a lot to ask. But see, every time you follow God, you put another brick and mortar on the foundation. 
so that when the storms do happen to roll by, you're set solid, founded on the rock. Why? Because you're used to following. You practice following God. How about forgiveness? I think I might have mentioned that already, but it's a good one. Let's mention it again. How about forgiveness? Is it really worth it? Is it, I mean, is it, let me say it the other way. Is it, is it worth holding an offense? Is it worth being offended? It's never worth it. It isn't worth it because it isn't worth your house going downstream. So it's better to say, you know what? God forgave me, I forgive them. That's even scriptural. <laughs> right? Uh, I think of um, little acts of, um, of trusting God along the way, like little steps of faith God asks us to do. Okay, believe me for this. Well, you know, if I go out, I mean, I got a credit card. I can, you know, have that thing done and be, have that and, you know, all I got to do is drive over to Ben and get it. Well, if the Spirit of God said, believe me for it. I know some of you think I'm meddling, but I'm just trying to show you, you don't, it's just little things. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God says, believe me for that. Well, then what do you do? Then believe Him for it. Well, it might take longer, probably will especially talking that way. Come on. But he might be talking to you about something. He's trying to develop something in you. When the Spirit of God says, you know, believe me for healing, well, it's just a cold. Yeah, but it, someday it may not be a cold you're dealing with. So believe me for healing. Remember today we had to take it, receive it. So what are you doing? You're practicing following Him. So all of a sudden, you begin to take a stand. You begin to take your verse. You say, well, you know, you might even say, well, I don't really know what all that means. Well, then go find out. Go find yourself a half a dozen healing verses. <clears throat> Listen, we'll, we'll get done with this today. It'll be good. You won't have to, you won't have to hear me do it, talk this next week. But I'm telling you, okay, this can save your house from going downstream. Because I have found the Spirit of God always is talking to me about something. The Spirit of God says, shut that mess off and shut it off. It's not that hard to do. <clears throat> well, I enjoy it, obviously. But He says, shut it off. So what are you doing? Another brick and mortar. Guard that thing. What? This thing. One inch below your nose. Huh? Right? Because it, it gets you in trouble. So he'll talk to you about how you say it, how you don't say it. He may talk to you about kindness. He may talk to you about, uh, you know, about walking in love with somebody. And you say, well, pastor, uh, you know, that's just a lot to ask. Is it? Is it really? Well, you just don't understand. Now, I guess I don't. I've never had anybody out there that I didn't like. 
Because us pastors, we love everybody all the time. We just wake up that way. Oh, no, I have the same challenges you have, same financial challenges at times, the same pressures, health issues, got to fight. I have to stand when it comes time to family, when it comes time to marriage, because probably the other way. But anyway, the point is we all have things we have to work through. We all have things we have to deal with. We all have things that come at us, and we all have to take a stand. We all have to use our faith. We all have to say, use the word says that the good fight of faith, part of that is the confession of your mouth, so we all have to do that. We all have to forgive. We all have to be, uh, you know, merciful. All of us. Has anybody ever been, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, the uh, um, betrayed? We've all somewhere along the line been betrayed. So what do we do with that? Well, pray him dead. Probably not. Somebody says, I knew it. No, no. The point is this. The Spirit of God begins to talk to you then about your heart, about what you're going to do about it. Are you going to go now call everybody under the sun and tell them about it? Or are you going to release them? I mean, there's just so many areas of our life and our walk that all of us have to deal with that every day the Spirit of God is helping you. Here's what I'm getting at. Is helping you put up the foundation. And you get this baby laid. Amen. First off, it just gets easier because practice does make perfect. And secondly, you're not as apt to panic. And thirdly, you're hearing him and you're following him and you do the things necessary because you've practiced doing what's right. And all that time when all them little things that you thought didn't mean nothing, the whole time it meant something. Now, I don't know about you. I've been pastoring for, well, uh, as word of victory, 25 years this year. Um, we had a, a different name prior to that a few years, and then we were involved in youth ministry prior to that, so 30-plus years doing this. And for some odd reason, it still always feels like he's only working on me. I don't know how to explain it because it always just feels like he's always working on me because there are even times I've had conversations with him. You know, it's like, Dad, or, you know, Father, why, um, why don't you get on them? No, now I really need to work with you. <laughs> well, it ain't fair. No, no, it ain't. But I need to work on you. just ain't right. 
What would you rather have? A house standing firm or a house going downstream? Uh, I like a foundation. Okay, let's work on that. Yes, sir. So there are going to be times you're going to feel like you're the only one getting worked on. Rick, you ever felt like that? Yeah. Anybody that's wanting to move forward in God, that's what you're going to feel like. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? It's worth it. It's worth it. In the end, it's worth it. It's worth it. Everybody say, found it on the rock. Amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. I appreciate you letting me finish that today. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Praise the Lord. Now, there ain't a person in the room, ain't a person listening or watching by internet that hadn't had those days, those times that we didn't do what we should have done. And There's no condemnation on that. It's just, let's just settle it. That's all. Just settle it now and say, you know what? I think I'm going to follow God. Because I'm, I'm a blue ribbon sheep. And His sheep know His voice, hear His voice, and follow His voice. So I'm just going to be a good old sheep, do it right, praise God, get it right, so my house ain't going downstream, praise God. Father, we give praise and glory, thank you for these principles, thank you, Lord God, for a people that are willing to do what's right, hallelujah, a people that follow you, that go to you, that hear from you, and follow you, praise God. And I give you the praise and the glory. Forgive us for the times we didn't. Oh, what a mess. Thank you, Lord, you're faithful and you're just to forgive us and cleanse us from all that mess. So I thank you, put that mess behind us. and Hallelujah, do it right from here on. Praise God. So thank you, Lord God, for obedient people. Hallelujah, yielded and, and, and submitted to you and following you in all the little things every day. Praise God. And for that, I give you praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.